So I get it when podcast hosts or top influencers urge caution about blindly hiring or following anybody, right? But when people as influential as Joe Rogan dedicate a few chunks, a few minutes of their platform while interviewing someone like Dan Crenshaw to bash motivational speakers as a whole, it's time to kind of back up the bashing train and think about it for a second. You're listening to American Snippets, the all-American podcast for those looking to dream bigger, live better, and make an impact. Hey there, this is Barb Allen. I'm your co-host of American Snippets. We are at episode 110 today and switching it up a little bit as we have once or twice before in the past. We're going to take this opportunity to address you directly and talk about something near and dear to us. For me this week, it is this recent trend of bashing motivational speakers. What is up With this trend, why have motivational speakers become the new thing to mock or dismiss? Why are people forgetting that once upon a time, maybe they too were at a place in life where they needed to tap into the the inner motivation or inspiration or drive within themselves in order to get past or through or over whatever challenge it was they were facing at a time? Or maybe that other people need that help as well. The first time this became clear to me, this kind of image that motivational speakers have was a bunch of years ago. I was speaking with my good friend, Steve. You may uh, recognize him if you read my book, Front Toward Enemy. He was in there and I referred to him as Ray then. That was his nickname. But he uh, was talking to me a couple years back about, hey, what are you doing now, Barb? He'd been with me through all these ups and downs of my life. And I was telling him what I'm doing and how I'm pulling together my story. And I've been asked to speak places and he's listening and he's listening. And finally, at one point, he leans over, he looks at me, he's like, oh my God. He's like, you're a motivational speaker. And he thought it was hilarious and he cracked up. And what makes this even better is that this guy is a criminal defense attorney. Back in the day, I remember when criminal defense attorneys were branded villains, you know, and on the one hand, on the surface, you can understand why. But when you dig a little deeper, you understand that criminal defense attorneys actually perform a hugely valuable service as unsavory as it can be sometimes and as much as we often wish uh, that they didn't do such a good job, you know, they're necessary in the circle of life here in our judicial system, for better or for worse, we need them. And we also need motivational speakers. I mean, I know there's an abundance of people popping up every single day who purport to be these motivational or inspirational speakers or life coaches. I know that plenty of these people are unqualified to pitch themselves as such. But that doesn't mean that plenty of people aren't qualified. It doesn't mean that there are not plenty of people who are around who perform a valuable service and who are actually instrumental in helping people get past their challenges. Just like in any profession, there are predators and there are true champions. So I get it when podcast hosts or top influencers urge caution about blindly hiring or following anybody, right? But when people as influential as Joe Rogan dedicate a few chunks a few minutes of their platform while interviewing someone like Dan Crenshaw to bash motivational speakers as a whole, 
it's time to kind of back up the bashing train and think about it for a second. Let me start right here with saying I love Joe Rogan's show. I am an avid listener. I have huge respect for his work, his voice, his platform, and his own success story. But I think that's why, to me, when I heard Joe Rogan go on kind of like a mini tirade against motivational speakers, join the seeming upswing that are kind of, it feels like, on a mission to dismantle the work of so many people um, and just point it specifically as these people being unqualified and target only one category of people as qualified to do such. I think when I heard even Joe Rogan join that, join that uh, chorus there, I was like, whoa, what the, you know, what the heck is going on here? In this case with Joe, it is military veterans. He specifically thinks uh, military veterans or, you know, he chose in this example, uh, special forces like Jocko Willink uh, stating that unless a person has gone through what Jocko or people like these people have, then pretty much we have nothing to offer anybody else, nothing of value that only people like Jocko are qualified to coach people on resilience or mindset or overcoming anything. And I mean, what the heck, right? This is just, it's patently false. And it's his opinion. It's not fact. I get where he's coming from. I understand the the point of this, but I think it could be taken out of context. And I think it's time for someone to kind of break it down a little bit. So first, if you know me, I am in awe of our military members who honorably serve. I am the surviving spouse of one such man. I am the friend of many others. I am an advocate, a family member for others as well, and I'm grateful to all of them. But that does not mean I believe for a second that only those who serve or only those who endure extreme physical challenges or danger are qualified to teach about mindset, resilience, and yes, motivation. In fact, it's actually a disservice to people to suggest such a thing. I am blessed to know a lot of veterans and to a man they all recognize that while they choose to do on behalf of our country things that are requiring of them this massive grit, tenacity, commitment, and sacrifice, as much as those who don't serve usually don't have to tap into that level of, they also all recognize that plenty of people who do not serve in the military endure monumental challenges that only offer a different kind of grit, tenacity, courage, and strength as a path to overcome it. They understand that people, even who don't serve, face challenges of their own that cause a lot of people to fall and never get up. They cause a lot of people to lose their faith, to lose their hope, to lose their lives sometimes. And they recognize that each of these people has value. Each of their stories, each of their lessons has something to offer other people, right? Look at every single professional athlete, celebrity, artist, CEO. All of these people have someone they learn from, a coach, a mentor, both. When I first realized that I was at a point where it was, in fact, my own mindset that was keeping me back in this hole that I dug myself. I hadn't done it all myself. I had a lot of people throwing dirt on that hole that I was in. You know, a lot of it was unfair. A lot of it wasn't my fault. But that didn't change the fact that I was the only one who was going to dig myself out. But all I could focus on at that time were all the people who were throwing dirt on me instead of the fact that I had my own two hands to start shoveling my way out of that hole. That was like a huge, huge block in my life. I'd had so much stuff happen 
My husband had been murdered. I'd spent three and a half years going to court martial proceedings. I'd gone to Kuwait for one, back and forth to North Carolina. I watched the guy who killed my husband set free by a military judicial system. I found out that they suppressed that guy's guilty plea and they lied about it. I got myself into not one, but two relationships, like a genius, and the second of which was massively destructive in my life. I'd let somebody into my life who cleaned out my finances, cleaned out what was left of my sanity. I couldn't find my way back into the workforce. I had health issues I was battling. I had kids who needed me who were struggling in school and my house was falling apart. I mean, you name it. I felt like I was going through it and I really bought into the whole victim mentality there for a minute. I tried to pretend I didn't. I tried to put on a happy face. I tried to pretend it was all okay. But in the end, I just got deeper and deeper and deeper into that self-pity hole. I felt hopelessness. I felt despair. I knew that there had to be a way out somehow, but I just thought that I personally would never find it, right? And so it was a couple of good friends of mine who finally sat me down one day, uh, my one friend in particular who looked at me and said, look, I can't help you anymore. I cannot help you in this situation. I can't be your sounding board. I can't keep hearing you cry to me about how terrible your life is. I'm sorry all this has happened. It's breaking my heart to see you like this. I can't handle carrying your pain anymore. But she said, she said, the moment you are ready to do something about it yourself, the moment you're ready to change and get out of it and you need a hand doing that, call me. And that to me was like, it was groundbreaking. It just popped right through this whole wall I'd built. It crumbled me. It shattered me. It broke me. But it was that one piece of advice, that one tip of the sword that got through my armor that I'd built up and got to me. So then I realized, I'm like, oh my gosh, it is my mindset. I'd had a lot of people telling me in the past, you got to change your energy, Barb. You're just putting out bad energy. You got to fix your energy and put out positive stuff and stop being so like sad and angry all the time. And I'd be like, you, you know, I'm like, you don't know anything about my life. You don't know anything I've gone through. But that piece of advice, that tidbit is what broke through and got me to realize, oh my God, like I do need to change my mindset. How do you do that? How the heck, when you are so bombarded and slammed and hammered with pain and fear and doubt and anger and pity and self-pity, how do you just suddenly reverse that? How are you buried under this mountain and just lift it off of you, right? It's huge. It is monumental. I had no way how to do it. And it was painful. It was painful to do. So what did I do? I started taking a look at everything I was reading, watching. I realized I was watching angry stuff. I was reading negative things, you know, stories of murder and mayhem because it just validated my pain. I was reading things and consuming things that validated my pain. So I turned outward and I started finding stories and people who validated overcoming pain and how to do it and sharing their stories. I'm not saying stuck in the pain, but getting past the pain. And one of the first people I found was Dr. Sean Stevenson. Dr. Sean Stevenson uh, is someone who was born with osteogenesis imperfecta. Millions of people know him, knew his story. I didn't know him personally. I was a huge follower of his work and his message. I got to hear him speak one time. We got to interview him recently last year in American Snippets. He just passed away unexpectedly 
last week, but he never knew. He never knew that he was one of the first people I started listening to. He was, um, he was someone people hire to come speak as a motivational and inspirational speaker, among the other things that he did with his life. But it was his message that got to me, his words, his story. I was so blown away by his attitude and how he pushed past pain he had at birth to endure the things that he endured and then go on to become an inspiration to others. I followed Elizabeth Smart, her story of being kidnapped as a child and held captive and terrible things done to her and how she escaped and how she then overcame that trauma and tragedy that she endured to help others. Huge, right? That was something that was done to her, something that was done to him and something they took and turned it around to help others. These are people, inspirational, motivational people. I realized I needed to start consuming more of those stories. So I found more of those stories and more of those stories. I started reading books from people who have incredible stories and I pulled nuggets from each and every one. It wasn't even so much maybe specific messages. It was the feeling. It was the mindset. They left me inspired. They left me feeling hopeful and fired up instead of what I'd normally been feeding is that feeling of despair and anger and hopelessness and victimization. I started changing what I was feeling every day, just changing what I was feeling. I started being grateful for things again. I started learning how to stop and pause and experience a moment again. None of those things were like actual strategic, hey, do A, B, C, get out of this, that, that, that. It changed the way I felt. It opened the door for me to allow other positive instructional messages in. They made the difference between how I approached every day, how I faced my problems, or before how I hid from them. They were motivational, inspirational speakers. And a lot of those I started to find, yes, ultimately served in the military or they're in law enforcement. And they have huge stories of courage and sacrifice and grit, but a lot of them do not. So I like to compare it to, you know, when people ask, like, why go hear a motivational speaker or don't go to motivational, inspirational speaking. It's just rah-rah. It's just feel good. I mean, there's like an element of truth to that, right? But there's much more to that too. You have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. For me, it started with my mindset and it was people I could relate to. Back in the day and still on occasion now, very, actually not so much on occasion now, but I'd like to do it again. Once upon a time, I got to teach horseback riding to people who were beginner horseback riders. They'd never been on a horse or they'd only been near a horse. They hadn't got to ride a horse before. They were maybe fearful of a horse or maybe they were excited about it, but didn't know how to do it. They didn't understand how their energy transmitted to the horse and made that horse respond or react a certain way. I loved loved teaching people how to get on a horse and learn the very basics of riding. I love to teach them how their energy impacted the horse. I love to teach them how the energy of the horse impacted them. I love to give them the foundation of riding and do something they love. I love to see the passion light up in their eyes. They were inspired to do more. And then when they got to that point where they had that foundation built, I loved passing them up to someone along the way who could take that inspiration and that foundation and build it into something greater, teach them how to become better riders, bigger riders, stronger riders. That for me is not where I found the joy. I found the joy in teaching people to begin their journey, to begin their path. And that for me is how I see motivational, inspirational speaking in part 
You teach very tangible skill sets on how to build your foundation. You give them a root. You give them that passion. You see that fire in their eyes. You see fear turn to excitement. You see anger, pain, hurt disappear as they're focused on what they're doing and realize they love it and they're good at it and they feel alive again. And then you allow them to move up to another level. It can't just begin and end with that inspiration or motivation. We say all the time, inspiration without action is just entertainment, right? Entertainment is good. It has its place. It has its value. But beginning and ending isn't where that should be. You shouldn't begin with inspiration and end with inspiration unless, in my case, that's where you were in life, unless that's where you needed to start. One step, one step, one step. For me, I had to build that inspiration up slowly. Some of us are born with a natural inner inspiration, and some of us are simply not. Some of us have it. We build it. We grow it. And then we endure a trauma or a tragedy that just wipes it out of us. We're depleted. We feel like we never had it. We don't know how to get it back. Some of us naturally have it. Some of us need to learn it. Some of us need to nurture it. Some of us need to build it. Some of us lose it. We need it replenished. It needs to be restocked from time to time. It's possible to live a very long life without ever pushing past the bare minimum. But for those who choose to push further, they're going to need some extra inner drive and inspiration to do so. God bless those who naturally have enough of both to serve themselves and others. All through the challenges along the way, from beginning, through their struggles, up to that mountain and beyond or wherever they want to go. God bless those. But for those people who need help tapping into their own inner strength and inspiration, why would anybody attempt to drain that well they go to drink from? And for those who may be tempted to believe their own story or experience simply isn't enough to help others or guide others or doesn't make you equipped to be valuable as a resource and resilience or mindset or overcoming challenges, do not let yourself be fooled into thinking that you do have value. And if it's something you choose to use or is a way to learn to apply it accordingly to actually be helpful to other people. For two years now, Dave and I have been bringing you stories from people all over this country. They are people who use their stories to inspire others. Yes, a lot of these people have served in the military or former law enforcement officers with huge stories of service and sacrifice, but many are not. Many are people who built companies or created nonprofits or answered a call they heard and are using their stories to inspire and motivate others in their own lives. We all relate to different stories, different people, and different things. To say that only one type of person is qualified to inspire or motivate others is a false narrative. I don't think for a second it's maliciously or even arrogantly offered. I think it's just mistakenly put forth as fact when it is, in fact, opinion. To dismiss motivation or feel-good events or speakers as meaningless or trite is just plain wrong. Let's stop doing it. Let's look beneath the surface. Let's understand that there are good people in every profession. There are bad people in every profession. I would encourage you listening today to find somebody who inspires you every day, no matter what it is they do, and latch onto them. The difference in that mindset and feeding the inspiration and the hope and the positivity and the passion is what is going to take you from one step to the next and allow you to follow all those challenges come along the way. It's going to allow you to open the door to invite that knowledge in from others who have gone further up that path to come back and teach you how to do the same. But without that right mindset, it's a waste. You can't do anything unless you build that right foundation. Thank you for letting me share that with you today. 
Joe Rogan, if you do catch this, I am a fan. I love you. I'm not trying to call you out. We love your work. We think it's great. I would encourage everybody to go listen to his show. He's got phenomenal guests on with important messages. And yes, those two are people that I have learned from on that platform. Let's just take a second to think about how we use our platforms. We use them wisely, responsibly. Have fun with it. Thanks so much. Take care. Catch you on the next episode of American Snippets. (laughs) 